All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Expert Edge. Today is good. Uh, I'm talking all things influence. In fact, I share five strategies that I have developed and used over the last 10 or 15 years to improve how I connect, resonate, and influence people in my life and in the marketplace. And there's some really practical strategies that I think you're going to walk away with. And by the way, if you find this helpful uh, and you share it on your Instagram and tag me at Colin Boyd, send me a DM, let me know that you've shared it, and I will send you access to one of our programs worth $197. So there's some uh, bit of love for you. Hey, let's get into it. It's going to be a good one today. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities, and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So hey, and welcome to the Expert Edge. Today, we're going to be having a conversation all about influence. In fact, my goal from this conversation is for you to walk away with some really uh, practical and profound influence tools that you can use in your next conversations. Now, the reason why I'm recording this is actually my wife put me up to it. Now, all of us knows that amazing book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, and I read that book many years ago, and there's some incredible tips and strategies in there. But I'm kind of going to share my take on this. And this is some of the learnings that I've uh, gathered over the years from from uh, my, my trainings, whether that be learning to be a coach. Uh, about 12 years ago, I started my life coaching journey and just really learn about NLP and communication strategies and uh, how to really uh, connect with someone and influence them or influence their behavior, especially if you're in a coaching conversation. And so I want to frame this up because one of the challenges with this topic is that it Sometimes the strategies, if you use them in the wrong way, they can backfire on you. And what I mean by that is I know for me, uh, you know, I, I mentioned I've studied NLP and NLP is essentially the study of how words and language uh, influence the behaviors of other people and influence your own behavior. And it really codifies communication. And a lot of people actually ask me, when they join Self From Stage Academy or our elite program, they'll ask me things like, Colin, have you studied NLP? And like I said, I have, but I always go back to them and I say, you know, you, you're probably seeing some NLP patterns in amongst a lot of the other strategies that I teach. But but my the reason why I'm sharing this is because what I've found is that there is a line that you have to be aware of if you want to stay like a genuine person. <laughs> the reason is, and I don't know if you guys have seen The Vow. Have you seen The Vow? Uh, it's a, a documentary. I can't remember whether it's on HBO or one of the ones. It's called The Vow. And it's really this this like crazy cult, right? And it went like ridiculously crazy. You got to watch it. It's it's, it's an intense watch. But... Um, but the basis of it was on personal development. The basis of it was actually a lot of, he calls it ESP or something like that. 
But a, a lot of the patterns that I'm watching in this is NLP. Like a, like a lot of it is neuro-linguistic programming. And uh, the reason why I bring this up is because some of the strategies that I'm going to share are closely related to those strategies. And so you really have to be conscious of what level you use them at. Because you can go like right to the extreme and what tends to happen is that like for people who go too extreme, they, they come off very manipulative. They come off like very controlling. And that's what I notice when you go to the extreme levels of NLP and things like that. It becomes really controlling. And so I think it needs to be infused with a spirit of letting go of control, a spirit of humility, a, a spirit of letting go of the outcome and really coming from that place of uh, genuine care, deep resonance and connection. Does that make sense? And so I want to frame that up uh, because sometimes, yeah, you can hear some of these strategies and you might say, yeah, but Colin, that's just faking it and not being real or being manipulative or whatever it is, right? And I think if you take it to the extreme, that's true. That's actually like you can be like that. But for me, I use these strategies intentionally because I genuinely want to find out about the person. I want to connect with them. And yeah, if I can work with them, that'd be awesome. If they can work with me, that'd be awesome. And so for me, it's more about using principles and strategies that build relationships faster because there are certain strategies that are going to break relationships faster. Does that make sense? And so for me, this is about speeding the onboarding process of building rapport, building relationship so that uh, it can speed up whether we're going to be a good fit of hanging out, working together, being friends, whatever it is. Okay, so that's the context. I trust you get that and understand that. So let me give you five strategies that I really like to utilize and practice that have I've found have made a big difference. <clears throat> so the first thing is this. The first strategy is to share beneath the surface. So what I mean by that is when you're having a conversation, uh, you'll notice that the level of vulnerability that you bring to a conversation will determine the level of connection that you have with the other person. Now, once again, there's a scale to this and you have to think about it from the sense of uh, if you share too much, you come across desperate and like a weirdo, right? And so we don't want weirdos, right? That's not the goal. <laughs> what we want is we want a level of vulnerability in the conversation where it creates a resonance between you and the other person. And so what I mean by that is, you know, this is not about you sharing your deepest, darkest secrets, like the 2% that you've only shared with like one or two people in your life. Like, don't do that. That's really bad. Not bad. It just makes it weird, right? Don't, don't do that. What I'm talking about is you might share maybe about your family or you might share about, I don't know, a business challenge that you had recently, or you might share just something. And, and it doesn't have to be forced. Like you don't walk up and, and say, hey, my name's, you know, Colin. Uh, and, you know, this week's been really tough. I've really been struggling. <laughs> like, don't, don't do that, right? I'm talking like in the conversation, if, if something comes up where you can share like a little bit of vulnerability, you can kind of open the cloak just a little bit, not too much, but just a little bit. 
it's a really beautiful way to introduce them to you. And what happens is when you start to model that for them, the other person, then they're going to have a sense of permission to start to do that with you. And I think about it for me, like I probably have four or five people in my life that I really share, you know, the 2% with, you know, or or I think about it for me, you know, it might be like four or five people that I share the 20% with. And then I've got like two or three that I share like the 2% with, right? And so everyone's got that in their life. They've got the They've got like the first 80% of vulnerability. Uh, then they've got like the last 20%. And then they've got like the 2%, all right? And so you have to, I'm not saying share the 2% or even the 20%. I'm saying like share something that, that, you would, that you would feel comfortable sharing that is contextually relevant to the conversation, okay? So if business comes up and you're just having a chat about business or whatever's going on, like you might say something like, you know, oh my gosh, I had one of the most challenging phone calls this week with a client, you know, this happened. And then they'll probably go, oh my gosh, like that's, I've had those sort of things before. And you can see how like, if you shared something like that, as opposed to going, you know what, I've been crushing it this week. I've been absolutely just dominating every sales conversation, like 99% close rate, crushing it. They'll go, oh, that's cool. Uh, it's kind of awkward, right? But if you share a little bit vulnerable, that creates that connection. So that's the first thing, share under the surface. The second thing is when you're in a place, uh, even over, actually, this is very relevant even for video, video. Uh, but especially if you're at a networking event or a, an event, uh, be conscious of how you use your body. So what I mean by that is when you're talking, you want to stand in certainty, and so when I say certainty, it's, I guess it's a flavor of confidence. It's not, it's not being arrogant and pretending that you know it all, but it's this flavor of, of certainty that you feel connected to yourself and willing to be connected to other people. And so from a physical stance, if you're watching the video of this, uh, it, would be, it would be your shoulders, are, you know, kind of back. Uh, you know, your hands are by your side or, you know, you might be, you know, you could have your hands with your one hand under your chin and the other hand kind of like, it's kind of like a crossed arm, but it's not a crossed arm. It's like a thinking arm, if you know what I mean, like the thinker. Uh, Or it could be just standing there straight. It's not, it's not the cowboy stance where you're, you're asymmetrical in your body. So if you think about it, asymmetrical body stance, it's leaning on one hip and you're kind of like the cowgirl, right? The cowboy. Don't do that. So, so think about your, your feet are shoulder width apart. Your legs are fairly straight. Your shoulders are up. You're breathing fully. And you're looking people in the eyes. And when you stand with certainty, first of all, your psychology tells you that you are certain because your physiology and your psychology are one system. And so when you physically stand in that way, then you... You, you portray that emotionally as well. So uh, that's the second point. Stand with certainty and just practice that. Maybe if you've got a chance to stand with certainty right now, um, you'll notice yourself like in the, in the next event you go to, notice yourself lagging. Notice yourself leaning in the wrong ways or leaning on a table or something like that. And then look around the room and notice people who are standing in certainty because certainty is an attractive quality of a human being. And the reason why that is, is because at our primal level, 
we are looking for safety. And if we go down the sales route, the, the prospect is looking for safety. And if you portray certainty, you represent safety to them. Does that make sense? And so we have this primal need to be safe, to be alive, obviously, and we look for partners in life that represent certainty and safety. And so when you physically stand like that, you'll be more attractive and more influential as a person. And it's not that you are more valuable or anything. Like I said, you know, you got to take this the right way. It's simply that you are portraying that you are a safe place. You are a place of confidence. You are a place that uh, represents certainty. Okay, that's the second point. The third point is to match and mirror. Uh, matching and mirroring is an NLP technique. And it's it's one of my favorite things to do. And you once again have to be careful with this one because if you do this too consciously, then it will come off weird. It will come off like, what are you doing, right? And so an example of that is if they've got their arms crossed in the conversation, when you come in, you might start talking with them. And then after maybe, I don't know, 20 seconds, cross your arms. So look like them. So matching and mirroring is basically when you look physically like the other person. Now you can do this on many levels. You can do this on your voice, how fast you talk. If someone's talking really fast and you come in and you're like, hey man, what's up? And they're talking and they're really intense. They're really talk like, talking like this. They're going to go, um, not much, mate. All right, then they're not going to resonate with you because they're talking at a different speed. So even voice is something you can match and mirror. Uh, stance is a big one. For me, like on a video call, if I'm with someone, I'll, I'll just notice how they're sitting and I will sit like them for a little bit. And then what will happen is I will usually change my body. So maybe uh, maybe they're sitting with their arms crossed and I cross my arms. We're just chatting like normal for, you know, three minutes, four minutes. And then I'll just unfold my arms. And what you'll notice is if you're in rapport, which is a state of responsiveness, they will unfold their arms as well. Because, because as soon as you get into rapport, if they don't look like you, unconsciously, they'll feel uncomfortable. And so they'll unfold their arms to feel comfortable because now they're in a resonance with you. And when you're in resonance with someone, you want to you maintain that comfort. And so that's why if, if you change your body stance and they change their body stance to match you, that's a sign of number one, that you're in rapport. You're building a state of trust and responsiveness. And number two, that you have some leverage in the conversation. Or in other words, you have some, some uh, currency to be able to influence the conversation, right? And that could just be changing the subject, right? That could be influencing the conversation. And so, right, I want you to realize that this is a very powerful tool, creates trust and responsiveness. You have to use this respectively. But I'm very conscious of how, when I'm having a conversation with a new person, how I physically stand. I'm very conscious of that or how I'm matching and mirroring them. The third, uh, sorry, the fourth, fourth big idea is to give a genuine compliment. And once again, this is, a, this is like a funny one. 
And I don't mean funny ha-ha. I mean funny people get funny about it. Because if I say, oh, like be conscious about giving a, a compliment, you go, oh, well, isn't that just fake? Like you don't really mean it? Well, mean it, right? When you give the compliment, don't be fake. Actually mean it. And so this is you being turning up your curiosity of in the conversation, you notice something and you just reflect it back to them. And that could be just during the conversation, maybe they're talking about their business or something like that. Uh, and you just reflect back and you say, well, it sounds like you've had a lot of experience in this area. That's incredible. Like what, what was that journey like? And it's like a compliment, right? It's like you're just acknowledging that they've done hard work or maybe you love the way their shirt looks and you say, dude, that's such a nice shirt or, oh my gosh, I love that outfit or, but mean it genuinely. Don't mean it in a fake way. If you, if, if it's fake, don't say it. But what I'm saying is in the conversation, look for something that you can reflect back to them about themselves that is positive. Because if you do that, they will like you more. And when they like you more, they will be more open to be influenced by your behavior, by your thoughts, by your conversations, by your opinions. Does that make sense? And giving a genuine, a genuine compliment is just a beautiful part of being a human being, I think. And so, uh, and even, even when I'm speaking, like you can say like literally things like, oh my gosh, you guys are looking good. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, you're looking good today, right? And it's playful, but it makes people feel good. And so the more you do that, the more people will like you and the more influence you have, you'll have in conversations, right? But you've got to do it genuinely. But, it's, but most people don't consciously look for opportunities to have a genuine compliment towards the other person. And so I guess that's the learning today is like turn up your curiosity, your ability to notice this uh, something positive and reflect back to them when you notice something positive about who they are and their behavior. That's the fourth idea. The fifth idea is a decision to ask for what you want. So what I mean by that, and you do have to do this in a way that has a certain degree of currency available. Now, what I mean by that is think about a relationship like a bank and you can only withdraw what you've put in. But some of you have have some of you don't ever withdraw on the bank account at all. And so to start getting more of what you want, you have to actually ask for what you want. I know for me when I first moved to the USA, uh, I was in a in a uh, program, it was a like a coaching program. And the leader of the program was running a very successful business. And our business was, you know, it was doing a couple hundred thousand dollars. It was still really healthy, but it wasn't at the million dollar mark yet. And I said to the guy who was leading this program, and he was doing about $5 million at the time. And he was a fairly big deal uh, in the industry. And I remember we had built some like relationship. We'd built some friendship. He, I noticed that he really respected what I did. He really liked what I did. And we'd just build some friendship together, right? It's back and forth and had great conversations. And I remember in a conversation, I went to him and I just said, I just said, hey man, um, 
I, I was wondering, would you be open to affiliating our program, Sell From Stage Academy? And he kind of laughed because he was like, dude, of course, like I'd love to do that. And what happened was he ended up affiliating Sell From Stage Academy. And that was a transformational event for our, our course because it really put us on the map very quickly because we got to where got to be able to leverage his goodwill with his audience and it brought in a whole bunch of customers and 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 then it was like oh my gosh like if Colin is trusted by these people then maybe it is good now it is good and I knew it was good but people didn't know it was good right and so when you ask for what you want you start to get more of what you want. It's like asking for the sale. And it's not about saying something like, you need to buy this, right? It's inviting the person, like something like, hey, we really think you'd be a great fit. This is something that we help people with a lot. And so I would love to invite you into our program. How, how would you like to move forward, right? Like a conversation like that, if you, if you leave it with like, just, okay, so what do you think? Right? If you don't invite the person into your program, if you don't ask them for what you want, you're not going to get what you want. You will sometimes, but it's going to be very hit or miss. And so my encouragement for you is ask for what you want. And when you do that, you're going to get more of what you want. It's like in any negotiation. So many things are negotiable that you don't even realize. I know for me, when I go and speak at an event or go on a podcast or something like that, I will almost always ask the host, could we do like an offer together? Or could I make an offer to your audience? Now, sometimes they say no. They say, no, you know what? It's like, we're not doing offers at all um, for any of the speakers. But a lot of the time, I've got to be honest, they do. And so I'll go to like a small mastermind group and speak, maybe it might be you know, 12 people there or 13 people there. I'll speak for an hour and share my program or my academy and literally convert like 90% of the audience into the program and do like $20,000 in an hour of where normally it would have just been like goodwill. Now, goodwill's great, love goodwill, but I also can't pay my, my mortgage with goodwill, right? I pay it with money just like you. And so asking for what you want is one of the keys to becoming more influential. And so I'm wondering, have you been asking for what you want enough? And my guess is probably that you haven't, or you could increase that a lot. And so I know that there's this fear of, oh my gosh, I don't want to come off too pushy, all that sort of stuff. But my encouragement for you is that you're probably so far below the line of asking for what you want, that when you move into that space where you feel like you're being pushy, you're actually not being pushy at all. <laughs> So I just want to share that encouragement for you. So let's go over these five big ideas. We've talked about share beneath the surface, be a bit more vulnerable than you may normally be, but don't get weird. Not, not the 2%, right? <laughs> the, the top vulnerability pieces. Uh, stand in certainty. Stand physically in certainty. Number three, uh, match and mirror. So physically match how they look and, and, and uh, how, they, how they speak. Give a genuine compliment. Find something positive about them during the conversation and feed it back to them. And ask for what you want. Uh, be clear on what you want and actually ask for what you want. So they're the five big ideas that I, that I wanted to share with you that I use and utilize in my life to become more influential. And if you found this helpful and valuable uh, and you haven't left a review, 
please leave a review. It will take you like 10 seconds uh, and leave a written review. I'd love to have a, if you can, if you think it's worth it, a five-star review on the podcast because I genuinely want to help more people and that just helps. That helps me help more people uh, and spreads the word. And, and if you take a screenshot of this, share it on your stories and tag me and send me a DM, I will send you access to one of our one of our programs that's worth $197. So if you share it on Instagram and it's uh, and you leave a review, share it on Instagram and send me a DM, I'll send you one of our programs that's worth $197. So, hey, bless you guys. Hope you have an amazing week. Stay, stay subscribed or, or subscribe if you haven't and uh, bless you all. Bye for now. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.